Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Barons. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, with Christmas right around the corner, we thought it'd be fun to actually look at the history of a really popular plant associated with Christmas and provide you with an activity to get outside in the fresh air this holiday season. So today we're discussing the poinsettia and the Christmas bird count. So let's jump right in with the poinsettia. So the poinsettia is a small shrub, um, typically reaching a height of 2 to 13 feet at the biggest, and it bears dark green leaves and colored bracts at the top, which are normally flaming red. They're often mistaken for flower petals because of their color and grouping, but they're actually just leaves. You can find these plants in just about any store around Christmas time. I know Walmart has them, Lowe's, Big Lots. Yeah, I see them all over the place. So the story of the poinsettia is one that spans hundreds of years into the past with countless twists and turns. And it all started in the 14th century in Mexico. The plant had a long history of medicinal use, and it was believed that the milky white sap from the plant could help reduce fever symptoms. The plant was also used in Aztec culture to create red and purple dyes for clothing and textiles. Yeah, so it wasn't until the 17th century that the poinsettia found its way to Christmas traditions, and it began in a small town of Texo de Almacan, and that's in Mexico, where Franciscan monks began using the shrub in their nativity processions. It was also around this time that Mexican legend of Pepita and the Flowers of the Holy Night began. Legend has it that a young girl named Pepita was traveling through her village to visit the nativity scene at the chapel. She did not have enough money to buy a present to give the baby Jesus at the services, so she gathered a bouquet of weeds from the edge of the road. When she entered the chapel and presented her bouquet to the Nativity Jesus, the roadside weeds turned into a bouquet of beautiful red flowers that the locals knew as Cuatlaxochitl. It was during this time that the Poinsettia's association with Christmas was mostly confined to the small Mexican towns and their folklore. Now fast forward about 200 years and a man named Joel Roberts Poinsettia introduced the plant in the United States and Poinsett was the first U.S. ambassador to Mexico. And he was also a skilled botanist who co-founded the Smithsonian Institute. In the winter of 1828, Poinsett took a diplomatic trip to Mexico, as it turns out, on behalf of President John Quincy Adams. He visited the Taxco area, where he became enchanted by the brilliant red leaves of that plant, none other than the poinsettia. He had never seen this plant before and began shipping the blooms back to his home greenhouse in South Carolina. And there he began to cultivate and study the plant. And he shared that cultivated plant with his friends and family around Christmas time. And this is the time of the year when the upper leaves of the shrub would begin to turn red. The reputation of this Christmas plant quickly spread and soon a Pennsylvania nurseryman by the name of Robert Boist began to cultivate the poinsettias. Now, Boist was the first to sell the plant to the public under its botanical name of Euphorbia pulcherma. 
It wasn't until around 1836 that the plant formally attained its popular name of poinsettia, and as you can probably guess, the plant was named after the man who brought the plant to the United States and ignited a holiday tradition that we still see today. Today, the poinsettia is the most popular plant sold during the holidays, and within the six-week period leading up to Christmas, there are over 70 million poinsettias sold and nearly 250 million in sales accounted for. And I guess an important thing to keep in mind too while we're talking about that is poinsettias are toxic to pets. So if you have cats or dogs in the house, that's something to be mindful of. Yeah, definitely. Back in July of 2002, the United States Congress named December 12th National Poinsettia Day. The day honors the late Joel Roberts Poinsett, who played a crucial role in making the poinsettia into the holiday tradition that we have today. Cool. I uh, enjoyed that story. Never knew, never heard of it. Um, I always see the plants, but uh, it's a cool background to it. All right, well, uh, switching gears, we also mentioned that we're going to be talking about the Christmas bird count, which I think we've talked about in the past. But um, So winter's a great time to see a variety of birds and uh, a great way to enjoy the outdoors and add population data to scientific studies. Um, and that's what the Audubon Christmas bird count is all about. So just like the poinsettia, let's get into a little bit of the history. Uh, prior to the turn of the 20th century, hunters actually engaged in a holiday tradition known as the Christmas side hunt. So what they would do is they would choose sides and they would go out to the woods with their guns. Whoever brought in the biggest pile of feathered and furred quarry won. Today, this kind of competition might seem unnecessary or even unethical. At that time, though, wild game was an important additional dietary staple. People had begun to have icebox refrigeration as an option, but freezers would not become common household appliances until the 1940s. People would have to collect the meat and prepare it before it spoiled, often by drying or canning it. The cold winter temperatures would extend the meat preservation options, allowing hunters to harvest wildlife, prepare it, and store it without spoiling. Hunters clearly over-harvested wildlife during this time. However, wildlife management as a profession was still in its infancy. Yeah, so the side hunt, that reminds me of uh, our episode a couple months ago on extirpated species. Remember, kind of the same thing was happening We we had talked about. Uh, those big hunts, you know, the pile of game that they had, uh, and that's how a lot of our species disappeared from the state. Yep, and that's why wildlife laws and regulations that we have today are so important. Absolutely, yeah. So as we said, conservation was in its beginning stages in that era, and many observers and scientists were becoming concerned about declining bird populations. So beginning on Christmas Day, 1900, Ornithologist Frank M. Chapman of the Audubon Society proposed a new holiday tradition, a Christmas bird census that would count birds during the holidays rather than hunt them. So began the Christmas bird count. And thanks to the inspiration of Chapman and the enthusiasm of 27 dedicated birders, 25 Christmas bird counts were held that day. And the count wasn't in just one spot either. Counts were held in Toronto, Ontario to Pacific Grove, California, 
but most counts took place in or near the population centers of northeastern North America. Those original 27 bird counters tallied around 90 species on all the counts combined. So, you may be asking how you get involved. So, each November, birders interested in participating in the CBC can sign up and join through the Audubon website. The dates for the count are December 14th through January 5th. And each year, tens of thousands of volunteers are able to get outside, uh, enjoy some of the beautiful snowfall, uh, the sun sets, the sun rises. Just uh, take in winter and uh, become a part of the effort. Autobahn and other organizations use the data collected in this long-running wildlife census to assess the health of bird populations and help guide conservation action. So if you go to the Autobahn website, chances are you can find a group near you. I know in this county, uh, we have at least one group. It's up in the northern part of Susquehanna County. Uh, but I did look at the map. There's a group in Wyoming County, Lackawanna, Wayne. There's one on the edge of Wayne and Susquehanna. Um, and there's also contact information. So you can contact the group leader and get involved. Um, and, you know, that's not to say that there's not other chances as well. Um, there's the Great Backyard Bird Count coming up later in February. And there's the Feeder Watch program. So, you know, if you're not comfortable, at least at this point, jumping into this count, there's other ways that you can do it right in your own backyard. So I guess that does it for today's show. If you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbert saying, enjoy the outdoors.